I guess the thing is that most people don't see that. We're not taught, oh, you know, when somebody triggers you, like it's an opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. it's an opportunity to learn something about yourself. It's almost like tapping into like a superpower that you didn't know you had because it's uncovering an aspect of yourself that you've maybe pushed away or that is unseen. Welcome to Weighing In on Happy, the only podcast that dives deep into discussions around weight, eating disorders, mental health, body image, intuitive eating, wellness, confidence, and so much more. Each week, you'll be coached through different stories and strategies on how to start living your best life today. So if you're ready, here's your host, Victoria Evans. This episode of Weighing and Unhappy has been brought to you by my one-on-one coaching program, 90 Days to Food Freedom. This program was designed to help you break free from destructive eating habits and toxic body image through the power of science-based intuitive eating. If you're ready to finally be free to eat intuitively, work with your body, not against it, and feel absolutely fantastic, release all of that food drama, guilt, rules, shame, fear, and sabotage, then this is the program for you. To check out more details on this program and to sign up for your totally free 30-minute Blueprint to Freedom call, where on the call, we'll get clear on the three things currently holding you back from food freedom and assess if you're a good fit for one-on-one coaching, then you can go ahead to my website at www.victoriaevansofficial.com forward slash coaching, or you can just head to the show notes below and click the link there. Hey, you guys, welcome back to Wang and on Happy. I'm Victoria Evans, an intuitive eating coach, and I am joined today by Rathika March, and she is an online spiritual coach and registered psychologist. So Dr. Rathika helps people let go of their shit so they can be themselves. So welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, I'm so excited. I've been following you on Instagram and I love your content and being able to connect with you today and just share your wisdom with everyone. Honestly, it's going to be an awesome episode. Yes, I'm excited. (laughs) Before we dig too much into things, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you ended up being a psychologist who focuses on spirituality? Yes. Oh, it's definitely been a journey. Um, So I got into psychology because of my own wounds, really, my own emotional wounds. I think most psychologists and coaches, I'm sure that you've gone into your, into doing what you do from your own experience of it, right? Um, So that's why I went into psychology. And then I did a lot of training. So I became, I was a teacher, and then I did a doctorate. And I went into educational psychology, which is working in schools so supporting adults to support children with things like trauma mental health um special educational needs usually the children had a whole host of like different complex kind of issues um but there was so much around like safety and how how children and young people would would respond but I guess I, I what I felt was that in the 10 years that I was doing the job as a psychologist that there was just always something missing so I guess like psychology is very based in establishment you know and when you look at like establishments they're very masculine energy driven aren't they and often wounded masculine it's a wounded masculine energy as well so it's kind of like these are the rules this is how you should be 
if you don't follow these rules, you're going to be in trouble, you know? And so it felt like there wasn't anything particularly, I don't think that I, I couldn't see creatively how to do anything differently because I think I felt for me um, confined by a, a set of like logistics. Like if I started going into a school and talking about God, right <laughs> you know I'd somebody would make put a complaint in it was really and I wouldn't have used that term at the time either on my spirit on my journey with it um so it was kind of like I went through a whole healing journey of I guess like realizing that I can create something myself my own business that doesn't have to follow these these establishment rules and Mm -hmm. also healing that part of me that fears um getting told off you know and realizing nobody can tell me off I'm an adult I'm an adult now I'm not in school you know that was like a big part of my healing journey it's something that still comes up actually um you know if somebody's like critical of what I'm saying or something like that it can bring up this kind of childhood fear that I'm gonna be in trouble and so yeah it was a journey of like working out like who am I you know who am I and how do I kind of build a business to to show up authentically as myself and that I don't have to be anybody else I don't have to dress in a certain way I can just show up in whatever I'm wearing I can dance around or whatever it is and that that I know that my worth is still there and that all parts of me are valid in in what I'm doing so I guess like that is spirituality to me you know the spiritual side is connection with your true true essence with who you are and that is an energetic connection with not just yourself, but something greater, which we can describe as God or higher source or power or universe, whatever it might be. Yeah, I hope that answered yeah. the question. Yeah, you absolutely <laughs> did. And I, I love how you brought in the, the idea of like this kind of masculine kind of world we live in, like the energy, because I think for myself, I know when I worked corporate and it was a very masculine, um, you know, very kind of linear way to go about things. A lot of Mm. wounded masculine. There was a lot of fear, a lot of um, just, it was very difficult to be a woman in that environment and not lose yourself or harden yourself. Um, And so when you work with people who are, you know, in that kind of environment where they have to show up a certain way and they have to like kind of perform almost this kind of masculine kind of energy and kind of really suppress that feminine, what does that kind of look like? And what does that kind of do to us um, on a more of a kind of a psychological level? Mm. So when we're in that setup, what does it do to us? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess what, what it does is it, it takes you, it can, not for everybody maybe, but I think for a lot of people, it can take them away from like who they are. Mm-hmm. And it can, I think what it brings up is a lot of childhood wounds. So everybody has emotional wounds and traumas. So say, for example, you're, um, it brings up people for people, things like people pleasing, you know, so 
okay, so what happens is that that establishment or the corporate setup or whatever it is, it kind of um, solidifies the message that you were maybe given as a child in school or by your parents. So if, for example, you never felt good enough, you never felt that you were able to meet the standards of your parents or your teacher or whoever it was, when you then go into that corporate setup, if it is a setup where it is quite a wounded masculine kind of driven establishment, it's going to continue bringing up those wounds. And you can then just can continue to pe- perpetuate your responses in that environment. So mm-hmm. if, for example, you were, uh, you know, you learned that if I don't show up in these ways, I'm not going to be loved and I'm not going to be seen as enough. When you're in that in work environment where that message is given that if you don't show up in this way, you'll be punished or told off or whatever, you're going to then work really, really hard so that that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And so then you see things like overworking, you know, addiction to overworking and that people pleasing thing, doing what you know, doing what people want you to do at the detriment of your mental health, Um, you know, kind of working long hours, not being intuitive, you know, with your body, not tuning into when when I need to stop. And then you see, you know, there's constant issues in corporations, aren't there, where people are off with stress Mm -hmm. and people are off with anxiety and I don't know what the statistics are, but it probably is that there's a higher level of women mm-hmm. <laughs> that, yeah. are, that are off with stress as well, because it goes totally against our cycles, our mm-hmm. natural kind of way of being. And not all women are predominantly feminine energy based, but a mm-hmm. lot of women probably are. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's it's burnout right like you just burn out so quickly and it's this difficult act of trying to show up in a masculine environment while remaining feminine while not burning out while still being connected to yourself while being told as a woman you can't trust yourself like it's just like Hmm. it's just so much going on it's so incredibly exhausting like I think the people-pleasing aspect of it is just it manifests so much in I mean everywhere in our lives right but I think especially in the workplace when we're very much trying to prove ourselves and often, you know, a lot of male kind of settings, this idea that we have to show up a certain way to, you know, prove to other people that we can be that person or, or, you know, whatever. And I know when I was working corporate and kind of living that life, like I was so burnt out and so exhausted. And every email I got, I was like, oh, I've done something wrong. Like I better make, like I was that constant state of fear, which man, I, I burned out so hard. I ended up struggling mm-hmm. so much. And I know so many people, even, you know, I did a podcast episode a long time ago on burnout and it was like one of the most listened to episodes. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is clearly something that a lot of people are struggling with, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so if people are hearing this, they're like, yeah, this resonates. Like, I feel like I'm kind of living in that space. What would you maybe say that they can start to do to help with that? Yeah. I mean, I guess like, doing the healing work so (laughs) doing that doing the inner work where you start just you know you don't have to make radical changes you know you don't have to make radical changes start off with what are the things for example at work that really trigger me 
and really take the time and space to sit down and look at it and 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 to go deeper with it so like is it a type of person that's really triggering me is it a particular situation that's really triggering me and like what's the history with that so what I often say is like it's not a person that is triggering you it's the type of person so it's what that person's kind of representing Mm -hmm. you know are they really like intimidating to you why do they intimidate you what are the qualities because actually what that is doing is it's just reflecting back to you what you don't see in yourself or um so if for if for example or what you feel vulnerable about I guess so if if you saw somebody and you felt intimidated intimidated by them because they were so so confident that's then reflecting back to you maybe an area that you don't feel so good about yourself with you know so you're not seeing your own confidence there mm-hmm. if you were really confident in yourself that person would be on a equal to you and uh, and that doesn't dismiss poor behavior right so if somebody is being really bullying or what whatever it is i'm not saying that that behavior is um okay but but often the things that we react to to communicate something to us and that i i believe they're brought to us for a reason so that we mm-hmm. can heal that part of us i it's so bang on like yeah we just project it right and then we get triggered by it and it's yeah. like yeah go where you're you're feeling that hurt you're feeling that like you know, that triggeredness around people in terms of you know I don't like this person but I don't know why and kind of similar but somewhat related I know years ago when I used to really struggle with body image whenever mm-hmm. I'd see a woman in like a super tight short dress or like booty shorts I was like oh my god like I can't believe she's wearing that like that's so like what is she doing and then I realized like I had so much insecurity in myself and that I could never wear that outfit or those clothes because I didn't feel confident enough in my body to wear it that way and now that I've done this work and you know the healing I'm just like and I see someone doing that I'm like you go girl like you know wear it show it off you look amazing like I'm here for it but you know it's it's always so interesting to have that kind of moment of being like oh okay yeah they're representing something in me that's unhealed that I need to work on and that's you know why I'm being triggered by them yes yeah definitely and I guess the thing is that most people don't see that we're not taught we're not taught oh you know when somebody triggers you like it's an opportunity you know Mm -hmm. it's an opportunity to learn something about yourself it's almost like tapping into like a superpower that you didn't know you had do you know what I mean because it's uncovering an aspect of yourself that you've maybe pushed away or that is unseen Mm -hmm. and so it taps into a part of you that could be seen that could potentially like change your life you know so let me give an example like if so if you would if you kind of have always had always felt that like you're not intelligent right and then you have this realization that you've just been blocking aspects of your intelligent because you've just intelligence because you've been conditioned to believe that you're not intelligent do you see what I mean yeah and then you actually explored what intelligence looks like to you like that could unleash a whole different way of doing things in your business for example or approaching life it's it's um you know it's powerful the potential that we have from from learning 
from our pain. It's the coolest experience. Like even something so small and silly, but like I used to get so mad when people would walk slow or drive slow. Like it would just drive me insane. Mm. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that's because I'm I can't slow down. Like I'm so on the go. Yeah. I'm so anxious. I can't relax. And when people are mirroring relaxation and slowing down, it makes me angry and frustrated. I'd be like walking past them, like huffing and like, do you know the whole thing? Yeah. Like, let's go, you know, like, and yeah, is this insecurity. Like I can't slow down. And also I didn't feel like I was worthy of resting and like taking that time. And so I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's so interesting. And I know Mm -hmm. a lot of people can often relate to that where their, their pet peeve is like people who walk slow or drive. So, and it's like, of course, if you're trying to get somewhere that can be an inconvenience, but you know, just kind of general day-to-day life if you're not late that could be an interesting place to kind of like go and yeah and look at some work there yes yeah definitely yeah and so I know another part of your work that you often talk about is really regulating our nervous system and that's something I love to talk to you with clients because a lot of us don't understand how big of a play that basically is in our life like if our our Mm. nervous system isn't regulated every single action we take our thoughts or everything is going to be dictated by that um, can yeah. you speak to that a little bit more and kind of explain maybe kind of what that may look like for people? Yes, definitely. So I guess like we all develop ways of responding, I guess, ways that our body responds in. And the way that I see it is that the more you're kind of doing things and the longer you're doing things that aren't in alignment, like say working for a company that you hate right Mm -hmm. that is so out of alignment okay you're going to be then most likely functioning in maybe a burnout state where you just keep going in you don't like it and so your your body I guess is going to learn is learning is learning all the time by your experiences So if you've had like a really chaotic, traumatic childhood, your body's going to learn at that early stage uh, how to respond in order to keep you safe. Mm -hmm. So your body, for example, might respond by shutting down. It might just detach. So you might experience disassociation in order to keep you safe. Mm -hmm. But then what happens is that like you have these responses that carry that can carry on because that's what your body knows knows as reality so you can then for example be continuing in adult life with a response which is that you either freeze or you you your body is like okay run away or you get into that really angry state and you want to fight um Or you go into like a fawn response. That's like the people pleasing kind of response. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do what you want me to do because I can't face the discomfort of saying no, you know? So you can just, your body then, your your nervous system can end up then just responding from those same places. And then it's that kind, those responses are enhanced by the, the way that you're living your life. So if you, for example, continue to be in a toxic relationship, even though it's not serving you um, and you're constantly on edge because you don't know how your partner is going to respond, your nervous system is going to be really heightened. 
if you're in a relationship which is really safe and grounded and you know what to expect on the whole and it's predictable that is going to teach your nervous system that 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 you know you're safe that things are okay and there's no threat there mm-hmm. and it's the same with like you know if we kind of go back to the thing about corporate corporate establishments or workplaces that um are kind of running on a certain energy you know that is also going to feed into your nervous system so mm-hmm. if you're kind of um unable to set boundaries you know for yourself and for others that's going to impact on how you're functioning so if you just keep saying yes all the time and your body is then in burnout that your nervous system is basically going to be shot isn't it because you're Mm -hmm. just continuing and continuing and continuing despite your body communicating that it needs you to stop And Mm -hmm. so then that's when you start getting all these physical symptoms. You start having the panic attacks, you start getting ulcers, you have headaches, you feel exhausted, you get chronic fatigue, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, when you're pushing, like it's that pushing and pushing and pushing against what your body is intuitively communicating for you. Yeah. And we lose so much trust in ourselves and we feel so disconnected and there's just so Mm -hmm. much frustration confusion and then in our society it's just like yeah just like have a bath bomb and then like have a glass (laughs) of wine and like you'll be fine it's like no no like this goes so much deeper than just like you know having a little weekend spa day moment right it's like we need to Mm -hmm. really get honest with ourselves and look at like hey where am I really not abandoning myself basically where am I abandoning myself when my body's telling me like I don't want to be here or I don't like this thing or I feel unsafe right now and I push through it you know maybe is the people pleasing maybe it's some other kind of childhood wound that's coming up that we're continuing to play out but mm-hmm. you know and we get to these points in our life and we're like you know who am I even anymore yeah and now when I was working I was just like I don't even recognize who I am because I've become so many different people for so many different people that I was so disconnected I was so anxious and depressed and just like overwhelmed because I didn't even know who I was anymore because I'd spent every second of the day trying to be someone else mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's like a key. That's such a key to so much of the of like mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that there's something wrong with you. Yeah. You just can't remember who you are. Mm-hmm. And you've been yeah. taken so far away from that. And there's just so many um layers, you know, that and expectations that we've learned that we can then put on ourselves in order to to be loved like this is one of the key things that we do things because we want to be seen as enough and we want to be loved and we don't want to be rejected and abandoned because then we'll be alone Mm -hmm. and so that often drives everything that we do because we fear those things and then we end up you know, and those things are exacerbated by our experiences, by our earlier experiences. You know, if you have experienced that rejection and abandonment in your childhood, then those things in adulthood that um, trigger that are going to feel really, really heightened. And so 
you know why do you want to feel that feeling you then do everything that you can to avoid it which then leads to doing things that don't feel good which is such a a difficult kind of downward spiral often because then the more we do that the more we feel like we need to do that and that's kind of becomes a new sense of false identity and then it becomes habitual kind of behavior and yeah uh it's it's so difficult and so someone's like yeah this sounds exactly like me you know what could they maybe start to do like what's maybe a tool or a technique or something they can maybe start to implement to just start to find themselves again yes i mean definitely like I would say, so there's a couple of things. If you are feeling really highly vulnerable, if you're feeling like your nervous system is all over the place, you're feeling really highly anxious, you're having panic attacks, or you're feeling really, really low, um, the first thing is like, I guess, getting in the basics to reground yourself, right? So, you know, you can do the deeper inner work, you can do that but it's also being able to cope with doing that work right so if you're you know it's it's about what feels again like feeling into does this feel right to do this right now you know so getting to a place of like a little bit of calm you know um and I guess you know having that space to do that slowing things down connecting to the earth you know anything you can do to connect to the earth um and you know people talk all the time about getting outside in nature but it's so underrated you know and touching a tree like it's so it's made to sound really hippie but like that act is so powerful because you're connecting with something that is ancient you're Mm -hmm. connecting with ancestry and um yeah, those kind of things can really help. And I guess it's like implementing one change. So you don't have to do everything. It's like, if you suddenly said, okay, I'm going to radically change my life by day three, it's probably all going to collapse. Yeah. <laughs> if you've not done if you've not done that for 30 years, and then you're like, right, I'm going to radically change my diet. I'm not going to eat like I'm going to stop eating meat, carbs and dairy and (laughs) I'm going to stop drinking wine and I'm going to journal every day and I'm going to meditate for an hour and do all of these things. You know, it's it's um, it's difficult to keep it up, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So like creating one change and like it's it's not about the thing. It's about the relationship that you have with trust trusting yourself and it's learning to parent yourself so all these years you might not you know you might feel like I don't trust myself I don't trust myself to uh, show up for myself in these ways and I'm always going to be a failure I'm never going to get it right why does everybody else get it right and I don't and so it's learning that bit around okay um I can trust myself to do this one thing for me you know and it's it's going to be a little thing I'm going to journal for five minutes before I go to bed mm-hmm. yeah or two minutes right or yeah. I'm going to walk around the block every every day or four times a week you know and it's just going to be a 10 minute walk 
It's not going to be more than that. It's not going to be less. But I'm going to commit to that. And so over time, like if you did that for like three months or a month or whatever it might be, you'll start to realize, oh, I can, you know, I can commit to something. I can create a change. And then you don't know what that 10 minute walk around the block is going to bring you. So you might bump into somebody that ends up being your soulmate. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So as soon as you start tuning into your alignment, tuning into alignment and connecting with yourself again, that then opens up some kind of magic, you know, mm-hmm. it starts opening things up in a, in a way that we can't explain logically. Yeah, totally. Everything you said. And like the, the going out of nature part, it, so many people don't they are like, yeah, 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 do that. But it's like, no, like, seriously do that. Like there's a reason we can see more sh- colors, like shades of green than any other color. Like humans are designed to be in nature. It's like helps our body relax, our nervous system relax. And like getting a little bit of sunshine, putting your feet like in the grass or like literally in the ground to literally ground yourself. Like it's so yeah. powerful and yet so underrated. Um, and so, yeah, like just like sitting in nature for a few minutes, such a game changer. And yeah, with the, you know, creating kind of different changes in your life. Like when I talk with clients, it's setting micro habits. Like we're not going for the big, huge perfectionist, all or nothing tomorrow. Mm. I'm a new person. It's like, well, yeah, you're saying if you weren't doing that, like for the past, you know, 30 odd years, then it's really unlikely that tomorrow we're just going to become a completely different person versus, you know, incrementally stacking over time. And like you're saying, you know, building that trust yourself, showing Mm. up for yourself in those little moments. And then over time, that's going to build into feeling that true sense of trust and that connection. And so everything said, I'm like, yes, agree. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And one of the things you also talked about on Instagram was the mother wound. And I was like, I don't know what this necessarily is, but the word sounds interesting. And I want to ask you about it. So can you tell us? Yes. (laughs) Okay. So this is like a big, a big topic. (laughs) Okay. But we'll go. I'll try and explain it. Um, okay, so I guess the idea is that historically we have been raised in a society in society over over the generations, which has been patriarchal in nature. So it has been driven, structured, and created by men. And so there's, and also like we were talking about a wounded masculine energy. So it's kind of like, you know, do it this way or there's punishment or whatever it might be. And with that has come um, a strong suppression of the feminine, of the woman. And so what happens as a result is that if you look, and it's still happening now, so if you but if you look at um, our mothers, so if we look at our mothers, they've made or our grandmothers, they've been raised in a generation where their needs are secondary, third, fourth, or maybe even fifth. Right? There's the man, their children, and then they're probably at the bottom. You know, and that's the reality you know that's the reality that that there's been generations of that and and it's still ongoing you know if you look at our establishments today 
it's still so masculine driven. And so with that comes a suppression of the feminine voice. It, it comes with a suppression of like, you know, who you are as a woman and your desires. So if you look at a lot of our mothers or our grandmothers, you know, they were there to serve and to play a certain role within the family. And that was their role, you know, maybe they loved it, but they didn't have a choice. That was just it. That was how it was. So they may have had a deep desire to um, do something like completely off the wall, but, but, but it wasn't completely off the wall. They might have had a desire to climb up a mountain or to um, start a business of some kind or to be in a certain type of relationship which where they traveled or whatever it might have been, but they didn't have the choice. And so what happens is that because their, their soul desires are squashed and suppressed and they're, they're essentially living a life that they didn't, that their soul isn't desiring, what happens is that the, the messages around that is, is um, passed on to the children. And, it's in, and it doesn't have to be verbal messages. It can be really subtle non-verbal communication. So we learn everything from our mothers. You know, they're the ones that carried us. They, they're the ones that are communicating constantly to us what it is like to be, what, how we should view ourselves as women, how we should view others as well. So if you've got like a highly critical mother, a highly critical mother of you know, of other people or whatever it is, you're going to observe that. You're, what you're seeing there as well, though, is, is when that, that mother, the mother is criticizing other people or they're criticizing the child, they're also highly judgmental of themselves. So they might be saying things to themselves like, oh, I've put weight on, you know, I'm fat or like, you know, I can't ever, I'm not good enough or whatever it is. Or you see that behavior, you see them on a constant diet, you see certain things in them which demonstrate to you as a child how you should see yourself. And so those messages get passed on to the next generation. And then you're picking up all of these things about how, what, how it should be to be a woman in this world and or, or a man, right? And how you should view yourself as a person. So there's some really strong messages there that have been passed down over generations and that continue to be there in our establishments, in our society, which is suppressive around a woman's core desires and needs. Wow. I had no idea where that was going to go and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope is, I explained it okay <laughs> yeah I mean you could have said anything because I didn't know what it is so like <laughs> yeah it's so interesting and it's so true and I work with so many women who you know they pick up so much of you know their relationship with food and their body from their mothers from their mother's comments mm -hmm. from and their grandmother made comments to the mother and it's you know, that's also just why doing the healing work and having that awareness and regulating your nervous system and 
all those things. It's so important so that we don't pass that on if we do choose to have kids or even for others in our environment. It just, you know, through that osmosis kind of process, we just kind of impart into them a lot of those wounds. So it's like, we need to be the one to take that responsibility and really do that healing so that it can stop with us. Yes. Yeah. And I guess it's like working with it, you know, so working with it and being aware of the messages. Yeah. Working with it and being aware of the messages that you're, you've been given and returning to your desires. So returning to like, what is it that you actually want and coming to that space of whatever it is that you want, there's nothing wrong with it. If that's what your soul is calling for, it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you wrong, you know, and this is what we're conditioned to believe. It's so strongly there. If you kind of felt like you wanted to quit your job and go traveling, right? There's going to be that part of you that feels so strongly. And maybe you're like 28, 30 or whatever it is, you're going to, or 40 or whatever, right? you're going to have this part of you that feels like, well, that's not what I should do because I should be settling down now. I should be showing up in this certain way. And that, that those are the conditioned messages that we're given over generations. Absolutely. And like the word should, like when the word mm. should is coming up, that's also opportunity to get present and get curious because you, if you're living your life by, I should do this, you are probably going to be feeling very disconnected, probably going to be feeling very anxious and overwhelmed and like not fulfilled. And yeah, like, you you know, for me, yeah, I was corporate job. I quit it, sold everything I owned, bought a one-way ticket, moved to Bali. Mm -hmm. And like everything, my brain was like, I should be responsible. I should, you know, have this apartment and find a partner and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, that's what I should quote unquote do it's not what I want to do. And the empowerment and the confidence and the trust you build with yourself, when you decide to lean into the, what do you actually want moments? Like, it's just such an incredible snowball effect versus the, Oh, I should do this. It's like you, it's like you sell a little piece of yourself every time you do that until you kind of left being like, Oh my God, like, who am I even anymore? And a lot of us, you know, as you approach this work, it is this idea of like, who am I? And like, what do I want? Because you've spent our entire life just continuing to abandon it. Yes. Yeah. And, and we can be taught that, right. That, you know, that you, um, that you maybe give to other people, you give, 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 and you abandon yourself or the other, I suppose the other bit is that you hide yourself away, you know, So then that's abandoning yourself because you're not allowing yourself to have those relationships, those loving relationships. You have a wall up. And so you're abandoning yourself in that way. So there's so many ways we can abandon ourselves and it's returning to that, that, um, that place of, I guess, returning to your power, like your sense of authority your sense of personal authority and leadership within yourself. So this is where we can then bring in like, rather than the wounded masculine, the divine masculine. So we all have like that masculine energy in us. And if we harness that in the right way, it's a really powerful thing. So rather than like being in that state of, um, 
oh, I ate like, I don't know, I, I ate too much of the weekend or whatever it is. I now need to go and work out like twice tomorrow, you know, to make up for it. Like that is such a wounded masculine punishment response. The divine masculine can come in and be leading. So the divine masculine can come in and be leading and, and be coming in with messages of, okay, maybe it would be a good idea to like go and do a really nourishing food shop, you know? So we're going to take some control here. We're going to take some control back and in, but in a, in a, in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I might plan out like what meal would be so delicious and nourishing for me tonight, you know, and maybe, yeah, I want to move my body. Maybe it would be a good idea to move my body so that I feel better in myself. So those are kind of masculine, divine masculine responses rather than the, you better get in the, you know, <laughs> you better get in there and burn a thousand calories, otherwise you're a failure. Yeah, It's just a completely different response, isn't it? Completely different and so unenjoyable, so unhappy. Mm. Like it's so, it's not a fun time living from that space versus like the, okay, you know, what was going on for me when I ate all that food? Like what was like, that was a response, you know, like something was happening. So instead of blaming myself for the action, it's like, let's backtrack a little bit and understand like what drove me to that? Because that's where- the healing is that's where the understanding is because if we're only ever just punishing you know the behavior and not understanding the driver behind it it's just like you're just caught in this cycle of just feeling yes. terrible all the time and then punishing yourself and it's just a terrible mm. way to live so yeah 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 and so this has been an awesome conversation i have enjoyed this so much i've learned so much like i oh, didn't good. understand like the mother wound and even like you know i've talked before to other people about like divine feminine masculine all that broken wounded all that but we've took a really different approach to it in this podcast and like i'm so appreciative um and so the question i ask all of my guests so basically the theme of my podcast is weighing and unhappy where we weigh in on all the things that bring us happy bring us joy fulfillment all that that have nothing to do with weight in our body so subjective question what makes you happy what makes me happy Mm -hmm. I the thing that makes me happy is what I feel really happy about is like running my own business in a feminine led fluid way and being my own trusting myself learning learning to trust myself as my own leader and so I get to be creative. I get to create packages that I want to create. And there's nobody telling me what to do. <laughs> and yeah. I can be as wild or, I don't know, whatever it is that kind of drops, I can I can flow with that. So, yeah, that makes me really happy. I can totally relate to that. It's the most, it's the coolest, most freeing, exciting feeling. So I hear you. Yes. Yeah. And so if people are listening, they're like, this lady is awesome. I want to connect with her. Where can they do that? So the place that I hang out the most is Instagram. So you can find me at the spiritual underscore psychologist. Um, I have a podcast as well called the spiritual psychologist. Um, and you can go to my website, thespiritualpsychologist.co.uk. 
Amazing. And I'll put all that in the show notes so everyone can easily access it. And just thank you so much again for coming on. I I truly appreciate you. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for listening to this amazing episode. I loved our conversation. I found it so interesting. And if you felt the same, then I would love for you to rate and review on Apple. It really just takes two seconds to scroll to the bottom. If you're on your phone there on the app, hit a few stars and leave a little review. It would truly mean the world to me. And if you do so, if you leave a review, take a screenshot and then send it to me on Instagram at Victoria Evans official. And I have a little gift for you. So you're definitely going to want to do that and not miss out. Additionally, if you're not already following me on Instagram, please do that. That is at Victoria Evans official. Let me know you've listened to this episode, what your takeaways might've been. Additionally, if you're interested to learn more about working with me, I would love, love, love to help support you on your journey. You can find me on my website at www.victoriaevansofficial.com forward slash programs. Also, you can find me on TikTok. That is at Victoria Evans officially. So official with an L-Y at the end of it. And if you'd like to sign up for my bi-weekly newsletter, it is called Friday Food for Thought. So I give you recipes, tips, tools, strategies, journal prompts. I give you songs to listen to. I give you all the things. So you're definitely going to want to sign up for that. And everything I've mentioned for you is below in the show notes. All right. Thank you so much again. Until next week, I hope you have a fabulous day. Bye-bye.